upon the mountain, I was in a hurry. I thought it would take too long to make my way around, so I set out to break a path through. Each rock and branch felt like a waste of time. If only the mountain weren't in the way. I cut my legs and arms as I rushed along. It grew harder to breathe, and I lost all sense of direction. Now I had to climb high enough to see. Once I broke the tree line, something in me had to see the top. Then I hurried my way up, and strangely, as I worked the climb step after step, I kept rising but felt as though I were going nowhere. Finally, I broke the clouds. I had never seen sun on the top of clouds. I sat in a clearing on a cliff, the light on top of my head, like a cloud, and suddenly reaching the top or getting beyond the mountain no longer seemed important. I liked it up here and felt that I could live on the mountain, but I had to return. I had to eat. I needed love. But now when someone asks about breaking through what's in the way or being in a hurry, I look both ways and say, pursue the obstacle. It will set you free. everything. Get woke, everybody. If you want to know what the Christmas message was really about before capitalism got a hold of it and strangled it with ribbons and bows and plastic, <laughs> it was this. Wake earth. Wake everything. Get woke, everybody. In the midst of an empire that made the self-aggrandizing claim that it controlled the world, in the midst of social systems that kept people in their place, in the midst of incredible injustices, suffering, poverty, and hopelessness, does this sound familiar? A wisdom teacher proclaimed a message that the natural outcome the natural outcome of love your neighbor as yourself, or more poetically stated, the natural outcome of God love is in me, and God love is in you, and you are in God love, and you are in everything. The outcome of that kind of lived reality is a transformed world. When we live in this kind of God-love flow, a world of justice and peace emerges. Now you're gonna know if you're on the right track 
not by the absence of obstacles. Obstacles are. You will know if you're on the right track by the experience of joy, of seeing the sun on the top of the clouds. You will be like someone who discovers a treasure hidden in a field. When you accidentally find it, you cover it up again and out of sheer joy, go out and sell every last possession you have and then buy that field. That's the parable that Jesus told. And it helps us to understand that hidden, revealed, covered again, and joyfully claimed nature of the experience of God love flow. There is something about this flow that is slippery and elusive and mysterious. It is concealed and revealed over and over again, but you can awaken into it using joy as your guide. Joy does not mean finally attaining a static be-all and end-all individualistic experience of happiness. Although joy can include happiness, joy is more about alignment. Joy is about alignment, aligning yourself with love. There's a quality of risk-taking, of giving your all, of being woke. When you experience joy, you are in the flow of something greater than yourself. You experience yourself as yourself, and yet you are deeply, intrinsically connected to good and grace. Last weekend, when I was walking around the camp at Standing Rock, talking to people, experiencing this sense of right relationship that permeated the camp, I couldn't help but sense joy. Joy. This was before the announcement of the Army Corps of Engineers denying the easement to the pipeline. People were kind, people waited patiently, people looked deeply into one another's eyes, people cried with smiles on their faces. The obstacles at Standing Rock are great. It's cold, it's muddy, and tiring and clumsy, and there are no guarantees about the outcome. And, and, there is joy in the midst of it all. There is God flow there. I was humbled and inspired by what I saw. It was, it is a transformed world. Martin Luther King Jr. called it beloved community. Jesus called it the hidden treasure or the kingdom of God now. All I know is it is awake. 
Take heart, friends. Reach out. Be kind. Be patient. Look deeply into one another's eyes. Cry with smiles on your faces. Get woke, everybody. Wake up. Wake Earth. Wake everything. So it was the Monday after the election and I was, I was feeling very overwhelmed and exhausted. It was my day home with Jesse, our youngest, our one and a half year old. And Juliana and I were up early that morning talking about the day and uh, kind of the stuff, the errands that needed to get done during the day. She could tell I was feeling down uh, that Monday morning. She could sort of, I imagine, see the dark gray clouds lingering around me, maybe like a little rainstorm or something over here and lightning. I was not in a good space. So we continued the small chat, kind of just the things you do to make the household work, the things you talk about if you have a partner with your partner, kind of the, the minutia of the day, but the stuff that holds the day together. And then she looked at me, she, we stopped that conversation and she looked at me and she said, all right now, what is it you're going to do today that brings you joy? And that question really woke me up. It, it landed deep in me. I had been in this funk, as I, I think many of us have been. And I felt myself with that question being pulled back into the world, being pulled back away from this abstract place of horror and sort of despair to the real world, to the world I live in. And I knew after she asked that question on this post-election Monday, I knew that what would bring me great joy was walking with Jesse and his stroller down to the Royal Ground coffee shop at 42nd and Grand. This is not a plug for the coffee shop. I just knew <laughs> that being outside in my body, walking to this place where I would see people that I knew would bring me some joy. And on the walk there, I met our mailman out and about delivering mail. And instead of the usual exchange of, how are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Good. Bye. <laughs> instead of that exchange, when he said, how are you? I said, you know, I'm struggling today. And he said, me too. And we had a conversation right there in the street, his mailbag at his side and Jesse in the stroller. There was just this dropping of any kind of pretense that things were fine in my life, that I was okay. And then at the coffee shop, I met people that I knew. I know the owner there. I watched Jesse with these blocks build this tower and then knock it down and we built it together and he knocked it down and we built it up again and we knocked it down again. And then he would sign more, more, more. And we would build it up again and he'd knock it down and we'd build it up again and he'd knock it down. We played for probably about an hour building destroying, building again. What are you going to do that brings you joy? That day, what brought me joy was walking and playing with Jesse and really letting people know how I was doing. It didn't change the whole landscape, but it opened up a space 
where joy could land. And what I want to suggest is we know some things about joy. Ruth shared some things. We know some things from our own lives. We know some things from the study of history. We know that joy is a critical part of resilience and survival. Joy is not about avoiding reality or the challenges that surround us. Joy is not about ducking or dodging one's moral and spiritual imperative. Joy is not about this kind of hedonistic happiness. Joy doesn't allow us to escape from our moral and spiritual responsibility to build a more just world. But joy, rightly understood, can be seen and understood as an act of resistance to the despair and hopelessness that can shut us down. Here's what I mean. The feminist and activist Emma Goldman, she is attributed, and you've probably heard this attribution, it's on shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of things. Emma Goldman is attributed with saying, if I can't dance, I don't want to be a part of your revolution. Right? All right, all right. If I can't dance, I don't want to be a part of your revolution. It's honestly, I did some research on this, it's probably a paraphrasing of some of her ideas in a conversation she had, but it comes out of, very concretely, it comes out of this experience where Goldman, Emma Goldman, had been admonished that, quote, it did not behoove an agitator to dance. All right, hear me, church. what's, What's being said here is, it did not behoove a protester or a water protector or someone working for liberation and freedom to dance. It did not behoove that person to dance or to be joyful in the midst of that work. And so she essentially said, if I can't dance, if I can't have some joy as I work for a more liberated, more just world, I'm out. I'm not gonna be a part of your revolution. And so I will tell you, having just come back from Standing Rock, building on the comments that Ruth shared, I can tell you there was this fierce joy at the camp. There was great joy in the prayers from all different faith traditions that were shared that day, this day of prayer. There was joy that people from around the nation had gathered, joy in this nonviolent commitment to the protection of the earth and indigenous people's rights. Joy that the Army Corps of Engineers had denied the easement for drilling under the Missouri, though it is not clear how this plays out. There was joy there that day. Joy in that world, in the resistance. Joy that indigenous leadership was at the center of that movement. And I have to tell you too, church, I felt such deep joy that day knowing I serve, Ruth and I and Jen and Elaine and the the staff of this church, we serve a church that stands with the water protectors. We serve a church that is behind this movement for black lives. We serve a church that is willing to become a sanctuary congregation. And there's a team of people figuring out what that means right now. I felt such deep joy being there holding all of you. We are faithfully reorienting ourselves to be a place of hope and a place of resistance in this world. So despite the fear and despair we might feel this season, if we hear the real heartbeat of this season, the message reminds us that joy is about singing, is about dancing, it is about waking up and letting our deepest lives be lived out loud. As the poet Audre Lorde writes, when we speak, 
We are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcomed. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak, to live out loud, remembering we were never meant to survive. Friends, we do not live forever. Our lives, these miraculously incomprehensible, this gift that we have of life, this thing we can scarcely fathom, it doesn't last forever. It is finite. And yet, in joy, in experiencing joy, we can touch the infinite. In joy, we can touch the eternal. So what is it you are going to do today that will bring you joy? Amen. Invisible sun burning beyond the white, cold sky, giving us light and the chimney's shadow. Praise. Praise God or gods, the unknown, that which imagines us, which stays our hand, our murderous hand, and gives us still in the shadow of death, our daily life, and the dream still of goodwill, of peace on earth. Praise. Praise flow and change night and the pulse of day.